Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Good morning. Man, I'm glad you came this morning. Man, we're so thrilled that you came. Thanks for driving out in the snow, and you're here. And man, we're just we're honored and blessed that you be part of uh, worshiping the Lord together. And uh, man, before, we're, we're excited about what we're going to be talking about this morning. Well, I am. I hope you are too. We're gonna, well, I'm excited what the Lord's going to reveal to you. And uh, so if you've got your Bibles with you, go to Third uh, John for a moment. We're going to just launch off here a little bit. And I'm going to just lay a quick five minute, take five or seven minutes just to lay a quick foundation again of what we've been talking about for the last two weeks. And, you know, this was a, a ways back, probably in the early summer, although we didn't really have early summer or midsummer or late summer. So we just had... You know, b- between the last snow and this snow, the Lord was speaking to me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that he said, would, you know, just spending some time with him and just finding out, Lord, what's, what do you have in store for us as a church family this next season that we're entering into? And he gave me these two words, dig deep. And uh, I just, I heard these words on the inside, it's time to dig deep. And I don't know about you, but when I hear those words, it's time, and that, that gets excited. I mean, you ever said that before, like, it's time to go. Right? I mean, you said that to your kids this morning. Nobody. Your kids are just perfect, lining up at the door, ready. You know, they got Bible in hand, shoes on, coats on, ready to go. Well, my house isn't like that. Boys, it's time to go. I probably said it about six or seven times. Boys, let's go. We time to go. Time to go. Well, when you hear the word "it's time," meaning it's we're at this moment. There's an ability. There's you know, when God says it's time to dig deep, that means there is a grace or there is an empowerment to do so. So I want to encourage you, this is your church family, it's time to dig deep. The season for us as a church family, the season for you and your family as a personal, as a personal thing is to dig deep. Right, everybody say it with me, dig deep. So don't start digging deep in 10 years from now, like this, the season is now. Right, now is the season. So we're going to get going into this and this is what the Lord's been telling to us about and this is what we're going to be focusing in on is digging deep. And I want to just, just going to lay a, a quick, you know, a few thoughts regarding it, but when you... Digging deep, what I'm not saying is, is not that we're looking for some issues or problems that are on the inside of us. That is not what it means to dig deep. Because a lot of times, and just to clarify a few things, people think, okay, when we dig deep, well, I don't know what's going to come up. That's not for you to, you know, figure out or discover on your own. A lot of times people start looking for problems. That is not what God is trying to intend for you and I to do. All right, I'm glad that we're all on the same page there. So you're not like, oh, and this happened to me in the past, and this is what so-and-so said, and this is how the emotions are. That's not what this is all about. Digging deep is simply we are, you and I are becoming brave and ready to walk through from anything that may hinder us from walking with the Lord. And digging deep may simply be, hey, there's, you may know a few things on this. I want you to go a little bit deeper in that understanding. Right? There's a whole lot of different ways that you can think about dig deep rather than just, I got problems, I need to get it fixed. That is not it. But just like what Jamie said, God's not just all of a sudden, hey, this is all bad, everything's wrong in your life. That's not it. He gently shows you things and says, this needs to change so that we can walk greater together in greater intimacy. Right? The same way that any husband and wife would do that. Right? I don't really like the way that you do this, so let's, let's make a few adjustments there. And I don't know about you, but I've had to change a lot since I got married. Any other people out there had to change? Anybody stayed the same? No, because you're single. That's why. That's, that would be the problem. <laughs> if you just say, this is a huge apocal moment for me, is that all of a sudden when I got married to Jamie, I could no longer think like a single guy. <laughs> all right. 
Some of you men may be still thinking that way. It don't work. It's not going to work. You can't just do whatever you want to do anymore. You have a wife, right? And then not only that, then I had three kids. What did that do? That changed my thinking even more. I realized how selfish I really was. So it's constant change. And so your walk with the Lord, yeah, it may be great when you got born again and everything was just amazing. And how come things aren't, you know, just the same as they used to be? You need to change. Well, no, shouldn't God change? God's not going to change. You're jumping into his ship. He's not jumping into yours. You got to change. So say, I got to change. See, as long as we stay the same way, have the same thought patterns, the same mindsets, you're going to run into the same problems over and over and wondering, why am I not progressing in my relationship with the Lord? It's because we need to change. He's fine. He's good. He knows where he's taking you, but it's going to require new thoughts for you and I to adapt to. So the first thing that I want to make mention of is digging deep doesn't mean that you're looking for problems. And you know what? This has always been God's intention. He's always been after the heart of man. First Chronicles 16.9, very familiar verse of scripture, but he says, the eyes of the Lord, they go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone's hearts that's faithful towards him so he can show himself strong. So what's God looking at right now? He's looking at the heart. He's wanting full access to the heart. He wants 100% heart. And what I love about this is, you know, when God looks at you and I, God doesn't just see us in the flesh. He's got x-ray vision of you and I. Hebrews 4.13, let me just read you this verse. It says, nothing in all the creation is hidden from God. Everything, every say everything, everything is naked and exposed. All right, so you may be thinking you're hiding a few things, but according to God, you're like this. God, this is how he's seeing you. He's not going, oh, and, oh, I can't see anything going on in that person's life. He, they got it so concealed so well. They're hiding it so good. Man, how God sees it, dun, 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 dun. you might as well just say, God, here I am, right? And God will meet you where you're at, not where you pretend to be. So you might as well just live exposed to him because he already knows everything. And so what he's trying to do is he's trying you and I just to, let's, let's just change a few of these things. Maybe a new mindset, right? It's not some scary thing. It's just, all right, God, here I am. You see the x-ray vision? Let's do this thing. Why? Because I want him. Anybody else want him? I want him so bad. I want everything that he's got for me. I want, I want it all. Jesus paid too high of a price for me just to experience him a little bit on a Sunday. There's more to it than that, right? Okay, let me finish that verse. Everything is naked and exposed before his eye, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So the next thing I want to mention about digging deep, digging deep is allowing God's word, as I said, to impact your thinking. You are only as spiritual as you think you are, according to your soul that's being saved by the word. Do I need to say that again? You are only as spiritual as you think you are, as your soul is saved by the word. So what we've done is we've kind of, we've kind of changed our life. We got our spiritual life, which is churchy. You know, we, we spray in tongues, we read the word. Then I got my soul life that all of a sudden I got a lot of, you know, different mindsets that come in and different thoughts that bounce in. And then I got my physical life and we live spiritual church day is, you know, glory to God. Everything's great. Praise hallelujah. And then I got a soul realm and nobody needs to know my thoughts because they're a bit whacked out. And then my physical life, I got work. I got all these natural things that I got to do. But in fact, it's one life. Everybody say one life. So how my soul is, if it's not based on the word, if it's not true to the word, I'm not a spiritual person. Hello, somebody. If I, my, my mind is not renewed with the word of God, I am not a spiritual person. All right. 
Glad we're all on the same board on that. And I want to just show you this. Third John 2 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed. In what way? In every way. Does that include being a good spouse? Does that include being a good parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, boss, employee? Everything. And that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers. So when we're digging deep, we're really allowing the word to impact the way we think. What is the blockage? God is not, you know, withholding anything back from you and I. What's the blockages that you and I experience? It's our soul. It's our mind. It's our mindsets. It's our will. It's our emotions that need to be in check, right? But don't just separate it going, okay, I I got my spiritual life. Now I got my soul life. That is just crazy. You got to get control of that thing. We got to get control of this soul that God gave us because according to what I see, my success in anything that I do and my physical health is based on my soul prospering. So if my soul is out of whack, don't expect to succeed. Don't expect to always enjoy physical health. And what do we do a lot of times? We just slap a prayer and go, God bless this. God, heal me, heal me, God, heal me. And he's going, I need to change the way you think so you're not always in need all the time. But this is now a lifestyle that you live. Everything you do will succeed. And physical health is just a part of it because your soul is prospering. It's not, okay, my body's sick. It's not just a physical problem. Let's go back. What do I really believe what Jesus did for me? You got to get back to the soul. This is where it all begins. So we are not as spiritual as we think unless our mind is renewed with the word of God. We're all on the same page. We're good with that? Okay. So this is all part of the dig deep. And as we said, so our focus is not about being better. I need to be a better boss, a better Christian, a better employee. That's not the focus. The focus is I'm making myself available to him. How available are you to God? How much can he say to you? What can he say to you? How many days can he speak into your life? Is it just for Sundays or how available are you? So this is the verse that we've really been focusing on. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21 in the Message Bible. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers are used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Now, I love these next five words. Become the kind of container that God can use. You you become it. God's not just looking, and you are a garbage can, and you are a silver goblet. You're a trash can, and you're a silver goblet. Oh, yeah, you're just a compost bucket. Enjoy that. Oh, you're a silver platter. God doesn't have favorites. But what does he use? He used those that have made themselves available to him by becoming the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessings. So you determine what kind of vessel or what kind of the container that you want to be for God. Now that's a decision you have to make, right? Anybody here want to be a garbage can? Where are my garbage cans at? I'm expecting somebody to bang a trash can or something. Bang, bang. Anybody want to be a, you know, silver crystal goblet? I don't even know what a goblet is. What's a goblet? Just a tray? It's a cup. It's a cup. Big one. Ugh. It's a... All right. Anybody want to be a good crystal goblet? For those of you that didn't know, don't act like it's a, it's a cup. It's because I just told you. you. You had no idea either. My wife knows because she's just smarter than, than I. But I want to be that crystal goblet. Anybody else want to be a crystal goblet? 
So what does that mean? We have to make ourselves available to him to be able to make us this goblet so that he can serve any and every gift to other people. How do you think that's amazing? I think and there is nothing better in all of the world than being used by God for something that he needs done on this earth. There's nothing better. So as we said, how do I become a container for God? I make myself available. So now let's jump into this. You may say, I'm making myself available for God. Now what? And we talked real extensively on these two words. Come and listen last week. And I don't want to go too quickly on some of this stuff because this is the very crux of what we're talking about. This is the oomph behind it all. And I want to read these verses to you again in Luke chapter 6. And I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this word hearing again because uh, I want to just bring a few more things out of it. But Luke chapter 6 verse 46, Jesus is talking. He says, why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? Now that's a good question. A good, how would you answer that? Why do you keep calling me Lord but you don't do what I say? Oh, it's the Christian thing to do. Right? Why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do anything I say? That's, well, I, I like you. I want to have a different answer than just, it's the Christian version of it. Right? Whatever he tells me to do, I want, him, I want to go ahead and do it. Anyways, verse 47, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and follows it. Can we just stop right there? That is the key. That's the available. What does availability to God look like? Come, listen, do. Can we all do that together? Ready? Come, listen, do. Come, listen, do. This is it. We've made Christianity so difficult and it's so simple. What is it? Come, listen, do. We have tried to put formulas on this and 18 steps to healing for that and 17 ways to get the Holy Spirit and all these types of ways. And we've just confused people when in fact he just makes it so simple. Come to me. So that's again your will taking the time to go to him. And when we're with him, the emphasis on listening to what he says and whatever he tells you, do it. Just do it. He tells you to give. He tells you to sow. He tells you to say hi. He tells you to, hey, I want you to take a little bit of time before you go to work. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it, and it's for your own benefit. Now, notice what happens to the person that comes, listens, and does. Notice what the result is. I know you know this, but just pretend that you don't know, right? Verse 48, he says, it is like a person building a house, a house also meaning your life, a person who's building their life who digs deep and lays the foundation on what? Solid rock. This is what you're building your life on is solid rock. Everybody is building a life in this room. Everybody is. Because we're all coming to something, we're all hearing something, and we're all doing something based on something that we've heard. Right? We're all doing that. Whether you realize it or not, we're all doing this. So this is why we talk so much and put an emphasis on pay attention to what he's saying. So come, listen, do. They laid this, the foundation on solid rock. And then notice, when the floodwaters rise and break against this life, break against your life. And this word here, it says when, not if. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. No, he says when. So it is guaranteed that floodwaters are going to rise. They're going to break and beat against your house. It's going to happen. 
Everybody is going to face a very difficult time at some point in their life. But where are you built? This makes all the difference. He says, and what happens to this house? It stands. (sighs) Can I get a grunt out of y'all this morning? Firm. Why? Because it is well built. Right? Now notice this next guy. Message Bible calls him stupid. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house, notice, without a foundation. So it may look pretty, or my life may go, oh, look how glamorous it is. Look at all the, the money I got. Look at all the stuff I got. It's all good. Everything's fine. But what happened when the floods sweep down against that house? What's going to happen to all the stuff? It will collapse into a heap of ruins. I don't want that. I don't want that for anybody in this room. Right? Anybody else? Does anybody want this? Let's just be honest. We got to ask this question. We don't want this. So everybody at some point, they have to dig deep. If we're not digging deep, then we are guaranteed to go down this path. Heap of ruins is our destiny. I don't want that for anybody in this room. I want, I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for my family. I want us to succeed because we got to build well. So, but I, I love these. Go back a couple of verses again. I love any and everyone, as I said, that desires to live an unshakable life, they have to dig deep. In other words, any and everyone that wants to have an unshakable life, they come, they listen, they do. That's all that it is. It's not about, oh, this person has more faith. That has nothing to do with it. Are you hearing me this morning? People, I've heard people say, oh, I, I prayed for this and I just want to have enough faith. That has nothing to do with it at all. What's the emphasis on? Coming and listening. What comes by hearing? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you can't look at somebody and say, oh, their, their life is just better because they did this and they have that. And, you know, their parents are this and they grew up in this. No, it's all a result of what we've heard and what we've done. That's it. So let me encourage you. If your life is in shambles, it's not over for you. If you've experienced this heap of ruins, don't worry. There's still chances for you. What's the answer? Come to him. Listen to what he says and do it. That's it right? Don't depend on, you know, the government to fix your problems. They won't. The church folk are way too dependent on government and way too dependent on these natural things. Your job is not your source. What is the source of my life? Coming, hearing, doing. That is it. I want to be a better parent. Come, hear, do. I want to be a better spouse. Come, hear, do. I want to be a better friend. Don't make me do these things. I want to see greater increase in my finances. I want to experience health in my body. (laughs) This is it. Can you see this? Is this, I'm just trying to keep it simple. Amen. Okay. And the reason why we come, listen, come here, do is simply because we're giving God something to work with. God needs something to work with. Can I say that again? God needs something something to work with. (laughs) When you come to him, when you listen to him, when you do what he asks, you've given Jesus something to work with. And now notice this, the results now are on Jesus to make it come to pass. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I didn't do the come here do. And in fact, I just went and did something, didn't work. So what was I trying to, I was trying to make something happen, but guess what? The results are on me to try to make something happen because I'm on my own doing it. But when I come here do, the results are on him. 
Jeremiah 1.12, remember what God says? He said, I am watching over my word to perform it. What is God doing today? He's watching over his word to perform it. So what is he telling you to do? Because he's going to make sure it comes to pass. So the pressure is off you and I. Once we've come to him, we've sat at his feet, we got clarity, we got direction on something. It does not matter. Even though what he told us to, what he told us to do is completely opposite of what everybody else is doing, it does not matter because all of the responsibility is on him. That's a good place to be. With men, it is impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. Man, that's good news. That's where you and I be. So our job is simply to come here do. We don't have to try to make anything work. We don't have to try to push it. We don't have to try to push an agenda. All we got to do is come here do. That is it. That is it. Oh man, that takes the pressure right off. So the responsibility for your life when you come here do is on him. Because I'm doing something, Jesus, that you told me to do. Right? And this is a big one for Jamie and I even financially. Remember, there's been times God just, when we were in a meeting, God told us to put an X amount of dollars into a certain ministry because we believed what they were doing and we were excited about it. When we heard the number, <clears throat> anybody ever want to have one of those <clears throat> moments? Yeah? Well, if you haven't, I encourage you. It's a good place to get stretched. And we heard that and we both, we both had it. So we sowed this, and it doesn't have to be finances. I'm just using this as an example. We heard from him. We did it. Because if you just hear it and go, oh yeah, God, that would be really cool. That, that would be awesome if somebody did that. That'd be really cool. But I, we actually had to do it. And what's the result? The result is on him now. Put the pressure back on the word. Put the pressure back on what he said rather than my actions to it. No, God, you told me to do this. I'm expecting you to come through on it. And needless to say, today God has come through. Has he not, my girlfriend? Oh, Jesus. Anyway, okay, come here do. So as we said last week, come. The beginning of a life that is unshakable is just showing up. Just showing up. And when I come to Jesus, I'm pressing now to hear, but I'm pressing to hear revelation knowledge. That's what I'm pressing for. I'm not pressing to get more information. We got a lot of Christians that have a lot of information. God is not out there giving information. What's he giving? Revelation. There's a huge difference between revelation knowledge and just information. Right? How many of you know that you are a child of God on your way to heaven? You know your name's written in the book of life. Have you ever seen the book of life? No. So how do you know you're going? It's revealed to you. Nobody can talk you out of it. Right? You know, you get somebody that wants to argue God with you. How, how well does that go off? I had a guy trying to tell me that, you know, Allah is God. I went, nice try. <laughs> Ain't going to work on me. Why? Because it's revealed to me. Nobody can take it from me. It's mine. It's revelation. It's revealed knowledge that I own. Now, this is where, and I'm going to get into this, but this is what we're pushing for is revelation knowledge. So let me encourage you. It's great that we have, you can listen to podcasts. It's great that you can get all these types of teaching, but what we're going for is not more information. It's revelation because head knowledge, according to what the scriptures say, second Corinthians three, six, that the letter itself kills, but the spirit edifies. Right? You can, I, anybody know a lot of people that know the word? They can talk the word, like I'm talking the written word. 
Right? I've met a few of these people that, man, they, they can quote a lot of scriptures, but there is no spirit to it, meaning there's no life to it. What are they? They're actually dangerous. They're just a bunch of religious folk that be actually more dangerous than they do good. That's what the Pharisees were. They quoted the first five books in the Old Testament. They knew it inside and out. That's pretty good, isn't it? How many of you know the first five books? How many of you know the names of the first five books? <laughs> uh, there's a Genesis or something in there, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, they knew all of it. And there's, there's a lot of Bible. But Jesus called them, and you, he called them vipers. He called them, you brood of snakes, you, you hypocrites. Why? Because they knew the law, but it wasn't revealed. The huge difference, Jesus even said to them at one time, he said, you're looking for life. You're looking in the scriptures, searching for life, but the, the verses that you're reading, they're talking about me. They're talking, and you're missing the whole thing. Why? Because they're so focused on being heady. Heady Christians are no good. And I mean that in love. I don't mean that in like they're no good. They, they are hard to work with. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Anyway, there's nobody here. It's just everything else for the world. <clears throat> so what we're focusing on is the listening aspect. We are listening for revelation knowledge. And I want to just talk about it. Why revelation knowledge? Because Jesus is building his church with revelation knowledge. Can we go to Matthew chapter 16 for a moment, please? I want you to see this. So let me encourage you. It's not about getting more info. Listen, even the, the skeptics out there to Christianity, they have a lot of information. Can I just tell you something? Information doesn't change anybody. What changes somebody? Love. Truth. That's what changes people. Information does nothing. So what we see here, because this is why it's so vital that you and I, we press for revelation knowledge. As we're digging deep in the season that we're going into, press to know, press to get understanding, and don't be satisfied until you get it. Right? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus then asked, but who do you say that I am? Now notice this verse. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now notice Jesus here. Oh man, he gets pumped. He chest bumps Simon and he goes, you are blessed. He got excited. Why? Because he knew that Simon didn't get that out of his head. Listen, none of us are that smart. Okay, let's just all be honest. We're all on the same playing field. He calls us sheep. What's a sheep? Uh, just, I don't know. Not a whole lot to us. So what he's saying, Jesus got pumped. He got excited. He said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Why? Because my father in heaven, what did he do? Has revealed this to you. Revealed what? Who he is. Now, how many of you to this day, you know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? So listen, we all start at this revelation right here. Everybody starts that Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's where every born again believer starts, right? All right. Uh, my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now, this is what I love. We have got to graduate from the old covenant into the new covenant. We are not in the old covenant anymore. So when a Christian tries operating in the thou shall not do not the Ten Commandments, it doesn't work. 
I don't follow the Ten Commandments. <gasps> so what are you doing, just out there killing people and stuff? No. <laughs> I follow the commandment to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbor as I do myself. So I'm not out here murdering people. Why? Because it's the commandment of love. But we're following a whole... The, the old covenant is following these ten laws. Well, there's 613, but ten laws that you cannot do. Now, those are all written down for us. Now, it's on the inside of us. It's etched in our heart. We got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, so we are following a brand new covenant. And part of this new covenant is, you are not dependent on another man to teach you the Word of God. I mean, listen, God gives gifts to the men that don't, don't misunderstand me. Well, I don't need to go to church. That, that's not what he's saying. But you have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you, and he can reveal things to you for yourself. You're not dependent on a priest, or you're not dependent on me to get a word for you about where you should move. Thank God. I'm trying to take care of my own life, and that's a full-time job for me. You think it's easy being in my skin? I'm a lot. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm just I'm doing my doing okay. <laughs> but aren't you grateful for that? That you don't have to wait or travel someplace to go hear a priest and say, what do I do about my job? He can tell you for yourself. This is so wonderful. So going back one verse, go to verse 17 there again. He said, you did not learn this from any human being. You have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you. Come on, somebody, just you know, hit this right, right on the inside. Where is the spirit of truth? He's right here. The one that knows everything. Where is he? I need him. I really need an answer on something. I don't know what to do with my kids. Ah! He's right here. I don't know what to do with my job. It's just so... Am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to stay? He's right here. He knows it all. Right? He knows it all and he won't mess it up. Thank you. Verse 18. Click. Then he goes on. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, now talking Peter, right? I've been to Rome, and they think that this is the whole, Peter is, the, is, Peter is basically the Messiah, right? Upon Peter, that the church is going to be built. That is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying upon this rock. What is the rock? The revelation knowledge of knowing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. On this rock, this revelation knowledge, I will build, come on, say it with me, my church. And what? And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's good news. So what is this rock that you and I are building on? Yes, we know it's Jesus is the Christ, but it's revealed knowledge. This is how he's doing it. And go one more verse, verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So it wasn't Jesus went like, Peter, good job. There you go, man. Keys are yours. No, he's not throwing actual keys at you. He's saying that revelation knowledge is the key for any breakthrough that you need. You don't have any, you know, there may be some natural hindrances that you're experiencing. So what do you need? Revealed knowledge of what you already have. Oh, come on, somebody. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that all things that pertain to life and godliness are ours because of our union with Jesus. I already got it. My breakthrough, I already got it. The healing that I need in my physical body, the healing that I need in my soul, I already got it. It's already in me. What do I need? I need it revealed. I need it to, I need to see what I already am a possessor of. 
I'm a possessor of the life of God. It's in me now. I'm not waiting for God to do something. He already did it. So what's happening? Revelation knowledge is already, it's something that's already happened that you need to see it. Oh, and what the devil loves to do is loves to keep you in the, well, this is what I'm happening right now. This is what it looks like right now. Forget about that. Looking at the things which are not seen. Because the things that we see are temporal and subject to change. But what we don't, things that aren't seen, they are eternal and last forever. The promises of God are eternal. They are yes and they are amen. So we got to see it. We have to push for revelation knowledge because this is how Jesus is building his church. He's not building his church just through nice events. Oh, let's just have a big hot dog sale. And let's just see if everybody that doesn't know Jesus wants a hot dog and wants Jesus. Barf. <laughs> and that's just because hot dogs are disgusting to me. That's just mystery meat I don't touch for a lot of different reasons. Okay. But this is what we're pushing for is this is what Jesus needs his church to be operating in is revelation knowledge. What is the difference between Peter and Judas? Who killed himself? Judas. Why? Did he feel bad about what he did to Jesus? Yeah, but did you know Peter did the same type of thing? What did, what did Peter do? He denied him three times. Judas denied him, hung himself. What's the difference? Peter knew something. What did he know? Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew something. It's the same way for you and I. We got to know something. How come I won't be depressed ever in my life? Because I know something. That I have been given the mind of Christ. I'm not going to take that crap. We have to be a little bit more oomph rather than, oh, I don't want anything bad to happen to me. We are on the offense. The church is on the offense, not the defense. Oh, Satan, please don't hurt us. Are you kidding me? I want to rip that punk to shreds. That's what we do. We're the church. But it's time the church be the church. Not just, oh God, just hope everything goes well for me. Take care of everything that I own and don't let it blow up. And we're just, it's so much. It's really, Oral Roberts had a vision of the Lord when he came just before he went, uh, went home to be with the Lord. And one of the things that the Lord said to Oral Roberts to tell the church was that there is a wimpiness has gotten into the church. A bunch of Boy Scouts. And here we are doing our little thing. And, right, is that the wave, Mom? How do you do your thing? My mom was a Girl Scout. What's your... Oh, you're a brownie. <laughs> Here we are in church, a bunch of brownies. Do you want some cookies? Are you? Anyway, I'm fine. I'm just ranting a little bit, so I apologize for that. But why revelation knowledge? Because Jesus is building his church with his word. This is how he builds his churches with the word. How do people get born again? Not by eating a good hot dog. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. Sometimes you have to use natural tools to help people come in. I, I get that. But what changes people's lives is the written word of God. When you hear this thing, you can't help but go, I, I want that. Cool. Okay, the next thing is we're going to do, because Jesus is building his church with revelation knowledge. So I want to encourage you, if you have been a Christian for any amount of time, the next thing that we got to do, John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, we got to continue in his word. Oh, I've heard that before. It, it doesn't matter. Continue in it. Keep going. Everybody say, keep going. keep going. I've read that scripture before. No, keep going. Right? 
you look at these words that John 8, Jesus said to the people who believed, how many of you believe in him? Yeah. So what does he say? You are truly my disciples if, everyone say if. So that doesn't mean it's automatic. That means there's an if, and that, there comes my part. If you remain faithful to my teachings, I think the New King James says, if you continue in my word. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. And then look at verse 32. This is the one that everybody quotes, but we forgot verse 31. Verse 32 then says, and you will know the truth. What is truth? It's revealed knowledge. <laughs> and you'll know the truth. And what will the truth do? What will revelation knowledge do? It'll, it'll set you free. People are looking for freedom. I want freedom. Well, let me encourage you. Continue in the word. Stick with it. Press in for revelation. Now, let God reveal his word to you. So when you see it, you go, oh, there it is. I got it. And you become an owner of it rather than just a loner of it. This is mine. I own this thing and I live from this place. We live from revelation knowledge, right? Not just from information. Well, I know the Bible says, but I don't know. We, when you have revelation knowledge, the but is completely gone. I know the, I know the word says, but this, it, when you have revealed knowledge, the word says it. That is all. Right? So we continue in it. Next is we have to desire revelation knowledge. We say desire. What you need is revelation knowledge. This is what we need. I'm craving this. And my, um, this is what I'm going for right now. Is I'm pressing in to revelation knowledge because I need to see what he sees about me. I need to see it. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. I love these verses. And this is the point that I'm getting myself to by speaking it over myself about the word. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Oh, so Lord, I treasure your command. And that's not the Ten Commandments. I, I treasure your word to believe in Jesus and to love one another. I treasure your command. Tune your ears. My ears are tuned to your wisdom. And I concentrate on understanding. Verse 3 says, cry out for insight and, cr and ask for understanding. How many of you cried out to get something? God, I need to see this. I want this. Lord, show me this. And I'm pressing into it because it, my life depends on this. Right? Search for them as you would for silver. Now, be honest with yourself. How many of you have been searching the word as you would for silver? Mr. Hub, he's our example. <clears throat> This is the way, if somebody were to say, there's a million bucks in your home right now, I'd say, what? Y'all would just leave here, get into your car that you had to park way down by the river, right? And then you'd drive home, and you would turn that place inside out looking for that million bucks. Why? Hey, it's, it's a value to you. Well, look at the, the Proverbs writer, Solomon writes out here, he's searching the word of God as he would for, uh, for hidden silver. He's going after it. He is craving this. Why? Because when you get a taste, when you get a taste of revelation knowledge hitting you, <sighs> it's good stuff. Man, you get your fix for the week. Oh, man, that's good. Oh, Jesus, that's so good. Man, it just comes in. What happened? Listen, it sets you free. When you find out that by his stripes, you are healed. A lot of Christians know it here, but when it's revealed to you, you can't help but all of a sudden be in a worship service and have your eyes balled out. Why? Because it's a man that you're connected to. My Jesus did this for me. 
You did that for me. You own it. Now I'm talking about being owners here. This is who we are. Seek them like hidden treasures. Verse five. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Again, that's not head knowledge. That's experiential knowledge. And verse six, I love this. Look at this. For the Lord grants wisdom. God's not doing this, withholding his word from you. No, I don't want you to know it. No, you're too ugly. No, I don't like that. He's not doing any of that. He says, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I don't know about you, but I want knowledge that comes straight from the mouth of God. That's what the new covenant provides for you and I. You can get it for yourself. Straight out of the lips of God. Praise God. All right. And now the next thing I want to just mention is we're pressing in for revelation knowledge. Why? Because Jesus' word is our weapon. It's our weapon. Now, this is something that has just come back to me just really over the past little while, just reminding myself again that the word of God is a weapon. Come on, everybody. You've got your Bibles with you. Hold it up for a sec. This is your weapon. This is how we fight. Look at it for a sec. Or if you got it on your phone, you can hold your cute phone up. Right. Just no, look at it again for a sec. This is not just a cute book that we read to make us feel better. This is where a lot of the skeptics out there think that we need a coping mechanism in the church. That's because we just use this as, well, you know, all things work together for good. and One day this will all be over. That's coping. We're, again, we're not on the defense. We're on the offense. This is a sword. So rather, you know what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but when he was tempted by the enemy, what did he do? He spoke the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. And a lot that I see in here today is Facebook says, doctors say, politicians say, boss says, bank account says. We are going by what everything is saying. Meanwhile, and here we are trying to be the church and yeehaw, and we got our little dinky swords out. <laughs> trying to fight this bad stuff, right? We kind of poke little things at it. When in fact, we're supposed to use the sword. Here it is. Man, you speak it, you blow it into his face. This word was given to you and I to speak it. It's a spiritual book. That's why you can't always comprehend it with your mind. It's not a soul book. It'll change your soul, but it's not a soul book. So stop trying to read it and reason to go, well, how does that look? My situation doesn't look like that. Because it's not talking to your natural. It's not talking to your soul. It's talking, it's a spirit to spirit book. This is how this book is. So when you take this word, even though, I don't know how this works, you put it in your mouth and you speak it out, you are just flaming a sword that the devil just freaks out at. He can't fight a sword. It already cut him up in a million pieces. Jesus already spanked him with it. So what are we here to do? We're here to reinforce the spankings. Line it up, devil. My, boy, my boys, we actually really enjoy, they like to spank the devil's butt. That's kind of their terminology. This, like, you know, there was yesterday morning, Papa, we spanked the devil's butt this morning. I'm like, oh, what did you guys do? We sang a song. And so they're saying a song. The devil is a poopy butt. The devil is a poopy butt. Like, That's great. Maybe a new lyrics to a new worship hit. We, who knows, right? I'm just, I may film it one day, but we'll see. But we just like to hurt the devil. And I want to just encourage you, you're here 
not to just make it till Jesus comes back. You are here to occupy. That means to take the ground that you have, to take more until he comes. I'm not just waiting, oh God, please come sometime soon because Lord knows this world's a mess. Yeah, the world is a mess. Guess what? I have his word to change it. <laughs> Do you know we're wait God's waiting on us? He's absolutely waiting on us. You know what the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, it says that the whole world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters to be revealed. Now, I don't know about you, that's, that gets me excited. How can, you know what, a church this size, whatever we are, about 270 people, we can absolutely radically change this whole region. If everybody took their authority, knew who they were in Christ, and boldly started declaring after they come to him, they heard what he said and started speaking it, do you know what would happen? Think about it for a moment. Just, just think about it for one sec. The word of God created this entire universe. He said, light be, bam, 170,000 miles were just born and birthed just like that out of one word. What happened all of a sudden if we had believers that were just taking the word rather than saying what we have, started speaking what we see from the word of God and declaring it into our city? Rather than letting the statistics say, oh, Red Deer is one of the most dangerous places in Canada. Are you kidding me? I live here. That's not going to stay. Well, how do we do it? Well, we just got to have more events to get people nicer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Free hot dogs for Red Deer. <laughs> so what do we do? We have got to take the sword of the Spirit. What is he saying for my work? What is he saying for my family? What is he saying for me? Okay, I'm going to start declaring this. And start speaking it again because this word is more than just a cute book. I don't have any bunny ears in my Bible where I've, oh, I've read that and move on. I am constantly going to be going to this word because there's new things that I get from it every time I open it up. It's the word of God. Ah, and every time you put his words in your lips, it's as if God is speaking through you. Wow. Let me give you a couple of verses, then we're done. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says, we are human. Don't forget, we are human, are we not? Yeah, we are. But, everybody, think, say, everybody say but. But we are human, but. Now, especially when we go into this time and season we're in, Prime Minister Trudeau is not our enemy. Liberals, conservatives, PPC, NDP, they are not our enemies. Okay, just so we're clear. Because there's already a lot of angry people out there. Right? East versus West. Oh, give me a break. Right? What are we for? That's what we need to be talking about. The focus is we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. How do humans wage war? Duke it out, man. We're going to fight this whole thing and whoever wins gets it. I don't know. That's how we fight. So this is how we do. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans. Verse four. So what do we do? We use... God's mighty weapon, okay? Not worldly weapons. To knock down, we say knock down. So there's a situation, there's a problem that you see. You don't use natural methods to try to knock something down. You use God's weapon to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. This is how we fight. Verse five, we destroy, everybody say destroy. <laughs> destroy <laughs> like 
you are destroyed. <laughs> Destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We destroy it. How? We capture rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. What's on the inside of you? The anointing. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is Christ? It's the anointed one and his anointing. So it's the anointing on your life that absolutely destroys the obstacles. So what do we do? We got to start speaking. I mean, I'm anointed to preach and teach the word of God so people get it. Why? This is what we as a church are called to do. This is, so if you're wondering, what does this church do? We spend a lot of time talking about the word. We spend a lot of time in the word. We're going to be doing a lot more broadcast with the word. We are here to be a distribution center of the word to go forth on every possible way we can. Why? Because it's the word that builds the church. It's the word that builds people. When people get the word, God's got something to work with. Right? How does revelation come? Revelation can come when you're sitting at home and you're reading the Bible for yourself. Revelation knowledge can come while, while I'm speaking to you. You get all of a sudden the Spirit of God will just quicken something on the inside of you. I've been talking to you about that. Or, man, that's the same thing that we've been talking about all week. He can enlighten something in you. It can come while you're walking down the street. It can come while you're walking your dog. It can come while you're driving in the car. It can come when you got podcasts in your ears at the gym. God has, just needs access. He needs access. And that's why we've been saying, are you available to him? I'm making myself available for him to use me any which way. Amen. I got one more verse for you. It's uh, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It says the word of God is what? It's alive. It is alive. And what else? It's powerful. The word of God is alive. I heard this this past week. I, I love this. But every time that you read this word, it's the only book that we have that when you read it, the author is there with you. Every time you open it up, the author on the inside of you is going to open it up to you. He's going to reveal it to you. This is what he wants to do. Did you know what the Holy Spirit's favorite thing in the whole wide world to do is? I'll just read it to you and then we'll be done. John 16 this is the Holy Spirit's most favorite thing to do. It says here, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will what? He's going to guide you into all truth. God is not holding anything back from you. Can you see that from his heart? He wants you to know. It's not supposed to be mysterious. The word to a natural man is mysterious. It doesn't make any sense to him. But for you and I, we can get it. <laughs> so that's what I've dedicated my life. I'm dedicating my life to getting this and then conveying it in such a way so people can get it. Next part, he says, He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And then it says, He will tell you about the future. <gasps> kind of fortune-telling thing? Yeah, but the Christian side of it. <laughs> he's going to show you things that are going to come. Anybody ever have that before? Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Forget Netflix. Forget all the news channels. They told you about what just happened. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you what's going to happen. Listen, I, I remember hearing there's a... Jamie and I were at a, at a meeting, just kind of a pastor's gathering. This is a few years back. 
And there were some pastors there um, that were in, from New York at the time. And when the 9-11 attacks happened, they had some, there were some people in their church. So these pastors, they had congregants that were working at the, you know, the, the, the buildings at the time. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they had, they, you know, we all know there's supposed to be a lot more people in those buildings than there was, there was, right? All of a sudden, there were some congregate members of that. There was a guy, he said, that walked into the, walked into the trade centers. And as he walked in, he just heard on the inside of him, run. So he just turned and ran out. He didn't know why, but he just left. Another one he just described that, uh, hey, you, I want you to, why don't you take your kids for lunch or for breakfast this morning? So what did he just do? He just decided rather than going to work right away that morning, he just took his kids for breakfast. The Holy Spirit is working with people, but are we available to him? That's the whole, that's the whole point of it. He is talking to everybody. The Holy Spirit will, nobody dies on this earth without the Holy Spirit talking to you. To believe otherwise is just to say that God is harsh. I don't believe that about him at all. I believe he's good. It's, are we paying attention? There's been times when I'm driving my car, I hear the Lord just say, just ease off on the gas a little bit. And I just pull off and I had a car rip in front of me. You think that's all kind of coincidence? No, that's the spirit of God. If you're available to him, he wants to keep you and protect you from all harm. Man, I, this is precious. This is life or death for me. This is, this is it for me. Come here, do. That's my life. Hey, Joel, what have you been doing? Come here, doing. That's kind of what I do. <laughs> Why? It it will save you. You know, if you read 1 John, he said, God's will for you is that you be untouchable from the evil one. Untouchable. Come on, say that with me. Untouchable. You can't touch me. You can't touch my wife. You can't touch my children. And on top of that, this is something that we do with my boys every day we go to school. We talk about Psalm 91 on the way to school. And then when we get there, now we say, in Jesus' name, we plead the blood of Jesus of the school that Jace walks into. So not only is he protected, but every kid that goes into those doors is protected. Why? Because my son is there. You don't have any access to this school. And what's going to happen? He's going to enjoy all 12 years in that school safely. You think we're kidding? This, this is absolutely, I, I don't mess around with this because this is my kid. You don't touch my kid. I'll whoop you like you've never been whooped in your life. <laughs> that's why I go to the gym. <laughs> but that's why I'm so grateful that we have the Holy Spirit. Man, we're just, make yourself available. Oh, but it's going to make me late. We're so rush, rush, rush. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Just stop, listen, and then do. If he's just telling you to ease off a little bit, maybe you miss a wreck. Wouldn't you think that'd be a lot better than, oh, I got to get to work on time. Just ease her down a little, right? Amen. Let's all stand up together. Go ahead, shall we? Just, just hit the, tickle those keys a little bit. Do you have a synth? Do you have a synth on there? Just, just, just real slow for a sec. All right, this morning, what I want to do is I want to just take some time. Let's just declare a few things. Can we do that this morning? Now, what we're doing is when we're declaring is we're putting his word in our mouth. This is what I found for myself too, is that when we start speaking it, revelation knowledge can come while you're speaking. <laughs> this is what we do. We believe, therefore we... All right, I'm going to say that again. We believe, therefore we speak. We are speaking what we're believing all the time. So this is what we're doing is we are, this is called the spirit of faith. Any of you ever heard that before? We're going to talk about that the next couple months that we get into this. Talking about the spirit of faith. 
What is the spirit of faith? We believe something, therefore we speak it. I believe the Lord is my helper, therefore I say, I have no fear. What can men do to me? The Lord is for me. Who can be against me? Right? I speak what I believe. So I want you, let's just lift our hands to him for a moment, and I want you just to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. Say, Father God, today I make a bold confession of my belief and my trust in you. Father, you said in your word that I am more than a conqueror in every situation through you because you love me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. Everything that I touch prospers. My mind is secure in your word. I have and I possess the mind of Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. He's greater than any disease. He's greater than any attack. He's greater than any devil. So I boldly declare, devil, you listen to me. Hands off of me. Hands off of my family. Hands off of my money. Hands off of my kids. Hands off of my marriage. In Jesus' name, I give you no access. And Lord, I worship you. I lift my hands to you because my trust is in you. All my help comes from you. I trust you with all my heart. And I do not lean on my own understanding. Now just praise him a bit. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're taking us deeper. You're bringing us out further. Oh, thank you, Lord. What can mere men do to me? The Lord is my helper. He helps me in my family. He helps me with my job. He helps me. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you. And just say this, body, you be well. Kidneys, liver, you be well. Now notice, we're not asking it to be well. We're telling it. Who's the boss? My spirit. I am. This body does not run my show. Now just again one more time. Mind. Say it again. Mind. You be well. You be sound. You think straight. Emotions. I appreciate you. You get in line to what the Word says. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with emotion. I got a lot of them. Y'all got a lot of them. My kids got a lot of them. But what we're doing is we're making sure that the Word is still final over how we feel. Listen, this past week I had some pretty rough days for myself. I woke up thinking, man, I'm not even saved. You can have that thought. I've had that thought many times. But I'm not moved by that thought. What am I moved by? I'm moved by what he said. He said, I find no fault in you. So when you wake up, oh, what's the point of this whole thing? Because he finds no fault in you. 
So what am I doing? I got to renew my thinking. I got to change the way I think and start going with what he said. Because what he said is right. And this is how we live. This is our, this is as a Christian, this is our job. Holding fast to our confession of faith. Hold on to it. But nothing's changing. Hold on. Stay with it. Stick with it. Don't abandon God. Stay with what he told you. And that's why we come here, speak or do. Right? Amen. Oh, we love you. Can we just come for a second? Can we just pray for just our, this wonderful church family? Father, we thank you so much for this, this church family. Lord, right now, just Jamie and I, we just align ourselves with what you said about this church. Father, we bless these people. We bless this church. We speak life to marriages. We speak strength to parents in Jesus' name. We speak life to single people those that may not have a significant other yet. Well, Father, thank you that those that are looking for one, Lord, you have a plan for that. But Father, over jobs in Jesus' name, there's some money that's been tied up. We just speak to that. Be loosed in Jesus' name. You are the head and not the tail. Father, we speak over children that have walked away or are running away. We call them home in the spirit. We speak to them. You come home. Oh, strongly, and we welcome you with open arms. Father, over every newcomer that has come in this place, we speak blessing to them. Thank you that our paths could cross for this short time. Lord, we speak life to them, that you would show them where they need to plant, where they get fitted, where they get sorted. And if this place is their home, we want to welcome you home. We love you. This is a safe place to grow. This is a safe place to experience this Jesus that we love and we serve. He cares about you. Amen. Amen. Ah, oh, we love y'all. Isn't church nice? It's just nice family. Awesome. Well, you can go ahead and hug some. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.